0: Hypocrisy's the best policy Wish for change but lazily You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year. I hope 2018 is off to a great start for you all as we enter the halfway mark of the high school hockey season. It's your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the HV Pucks Podcast, powered by Capiche.com. This is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. As I've often said, I do this podcast for you, the players, the coaches, the parents, and the fans of this great game of ours. I'm always looking for new topics to discuss on my show, and this week's is a really good one as far as I'm concerned. Not too long ago, someone contacted me and wanted to know how the strength of schedule a team plays impacts their performance over the course of the regular season, including the playoffs. Now, my memory isn't what it used to be, But back when I was in high school in the late 80s, I remember high school teams in Section 1 basically played each other locally and rarely traveled outside of the area to play unless it was for the New York State Championship. Hopefully my followers and listeners can shed some additional light onto this if I happen to be wrong. But nowadays it seems like teams routinely travel outside of Section 1 to play teams from all across New York State, New Jersey, Maryland, and Connecticut, just to name a few. So how does this impact a team's regular season performance, as well as help prepare a team for a deep postseason run? And what about if a team doesn't have the resources or ability to travel outside of the area? Are they now at some type of disadvantage? We'll explore this more during our Dump and Chase segment, as we always do. But let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. To start.
1: Uh, this is Sam Drew, and you're listening to HV. Pucks available for free on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show.
0: Now let's get right into the dump and chase. This week, I ran a poll asking, does the strength of the schedule a team plays impact their performance over the course of the regular season, including playoffs? Uh, the poll still has about three hours to go. Over two hundred people participated, so I thank you for that. Uh, At this point, 93% of you feel that, yes, the strength of uh, schedule that a team plays definitely has an impact. 5% of you feel that there's other factors that influence a team, while 2% think that, no, the strength of schedule has no bearing. Um, Shore Conference Hockey said, yes, 1,000%. Bahama Tommy said, yes. An anonymous D2 player said, I think the strength of schedule helps in the playoffs. As a player this year, our school is in D2, but a lot of our games are against uh, highly ranked state and D1 teams. While we won't have a high sectional seed, we will have great experience and be able to beat the smaller D2 schools and bring home our first sectional title in school history. Sports Food Incorporated said, there is such a disparity between good teams and bad that stats and records are so distorted until you uh, get into the playoffs and reality sets in. So having tougher games helps when the games count. Um, Anthony Caruto, uh won a state championship in 2012 with Suffren and also won a, a title with Ramapo College in 2016. And he told me that strength of schedule absolutely impacts a team. In fact, um, Ramapo won that state title in 2016 and was not eligible for regionals because the committee felt that their strength of schedule was lacking. Gary Dworkowitz said, I believe you have to find a competitive balance, but lean towards challenging your team and preparing them for what lies ahead. And uh, Shore Hockey uh, wrote in, Strength of schedule from a Shore perspective. It helped Howell get into states last year, but they lost a tough first-round game to Motown South. Um, playing, uh, they're playing a tough non-league schedule this year And they're losing I hope it doesn't backfire on them And keep them out of states Historically, uh, most Shore teams Shoot for that 500 nut to make states And go from there Teams like uh, Middletown South, Middletown North Howell, Jackson Memorial, Brick Memorial And Southern Have played hard non-league schedules In the past and present With mixed results um, come Shore, Tournament, and uh, States. CBA and St. John Vianney are not included since they are private schools and already play hard non-league teams. And uh, in terms of which Section 1 team plays the most challenging schedule, it's hard to argue that uh, the Pelham uh, Pel- Pelicans um, don't play the hardest schedule. Uh, so I recently spoke with Ed Witz about his philosophy as it relates to the strength of the schedule that his team plays. Uh, so we're gonna hear that now. Um, so enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, A- aka Five Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by uh, Ed Witz, head coach for the two th- head coach of the 2017 New York State Division II champion Pelham Pelicans. And Ed is calling me from Skinny Atlas, New York which is a perfect segue into our conversation this evening. Ed, how's it going? And thank you for joining me.
2: Um, all is well. We, it's snowing like I've never seen it, but <laughs> we're uh, safely in the hotel. Weather's supposed to be good for tomorrow for travel just a little. We're just down the road from the rink, and uh, we got Skinny Atlas tomorrow night, uh, which is an old nemesis of ours. Uh, at 6 o'clock so it should be a good one
0: yeah my my uh, my experience in Skinny Atlas is very minimal I had a nephew that went to uh, Syracuse University and I'm pretty sure I stopped off of the highway to get gas in Skinny Atlas and that was about it but uh,
2: yeah we've developed a rivalry with them um, because we played them in a couple of uh, regional championships the year that he won the state championship we played them and the year that they didn't win it, uh, we ran into them a couple of times. And we've been always been in their tournament. So it's always a great tournament, great competition for us.
0: I know you definitely, there's a ton of respect between the two clubs because you're always retweeting stuff for their kids, for their coaches, for their program, and they do the same for you. So I know, Ed, when I sat down with you and your players, Veterans Day, uh, before the season started, I commented on your schedule because you had – pretty much put the finishing touches on it. And so I appreciate you taking a few minutes out to talk to me because hands down, you play the most difficult schedule of any team in Section 1. I would say of any team probably in the state, you know, in terms of the caliber of opponent. So if you could just give me a little bit of insight into your philosophy, your mindset behind putting something like this together to expose your players to this type of competition.
2: Yeah, well, it's quite simple. I mean, first of all, it's a 20-game season. It's not a 30 or 40 or 50-game season like a normal travel season would be. And to me, you have really 20 games, 20 regular season games to prepare yourself for a one-game elimination sectional tournament. And then if you were fortunate enough to win the four playoff games, all sudden death playoff games, you know, you're losing, you're out one mistake and it's over. Right. And then you go, you go to a regional game where you're going to be playing one of the top teams in the state. And if you drop the ball there, or you're not ready there. That's another one, another opportunity. And then, you know, the state finals. So I think the 20 game regular season is basically in my mind, because it's such a short season is preparation for the playoffs. So to me, like, why would I want, if I'm trying to prepare my team to play in tight games, right, and in games where if they make a mistake, you know, they're not focused, they're not paying attention, it's going to cost them on a scoreboard. And also, I want them to see everything that could possibly go on when you're playing against top flight competition because when you when you get it when you draw a playoff game you you don't have choice of opponent you don't have choice of opponent in a regional game you don't have choice of opponent in a state championship setting you play who makes it there and they're usually good so We want to play in situations where if we're playing against a highly skilled team, well, guess what? you got to figure it out. Now, the 20 games during the regular season, you know, you lose those games, okay, you're going to get something out of it. But at the end of the time period or the end of the day, I hate that expression, by the way, but at the end of the day, you want to get your 20, in my opinion, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, this is just the way I think. Uh, other coaches may disagree and that's fine. Whatever works for you is fine. You know, I do what I think I do what I think is best for my kids. But if I play them against the top teams, they're only going to get better. They're going to get seasoned. They're going to get battle tested. And then when you're sitting in the locker room at the end of the first period of a playoff game, and maybe things aren't going your way, you can say, Hey guys, remember we were playing against Messina. We were down one, nothing at the end of the first period. We came back on those guys. We can do it here. You know, I think you have to establish for your kids a history where, you know, in their season that they can draw from. And to me, not to, you know, we're looking for the best competition possible. Now, we're going to have to play. The league is going to provide us with our six or seven regular season games. And that leaves you with about 13 or 14 and some of them are basically because we do have commitments to long-standing tournaments. You've know, been in the Messina tournament forever, been in the Skinny Atlas tournament forever. But what we try to do is try to get as many of the ranked teams, or what we think are going to be the top teams for the coming season, so we can see exactly where we are, what we need to work on, and we want to test our kids. I think if it's if we're going out and we're winning eight nothing, I don't think we're getting anything out of that. I really don't. No, so I, I, to me, it's just like a waste of. To me, it's it, the twenty games are precious, and it's a waste of a game.
0: I, I wholeheartedly agree. It makes total sense to me. You know, the term that you've used oftentimes when we've chatted is you want to put your kids in "quote unquote" dangerous situations. And I think it's, you know, it showed last year when we were up at States. I was up there, as you know, with the team, you know, going in. I want to say it was the finals. Was it the finals, Ed, where it was real close, you know, up yeah, until the well, third? There's a, there's a classic example. Um, you know, we,
2: we get into a game with St. Lawrence, and they were a good club. You know, yeah. they were strong. Yep. Yeah. And they had an outstanding goaltender. And we're out shooting them, like, 31, maybe eight right going going into the third period and winning and we're only winning 2 to 1 on a shorthanded goal correct now you know if you're not see my basic my basic thinking is in this in my 32 33 years I'm doing this i really and i really believe this and i tell my my coaches and my players this you cannot you have to be in a position where you cannot allow the scoreboard to dictate the way you play you you got to be able to play with the angst and the anxiety and the stress that goes with playing in a game that's tight. In other words, to me, if the score is 0-0 zero, zero for two straight periods, that, to me, that works on you unless you're prepared for it. Mentally, it works on you. Right. There's pressure, there's tension, there's anxiety. You need to be able to play with that. You need to be able to play with that. You need to be able to play in games where it's 1-1, 2-1, and you can still play focused, you can still be confident, you can still feel good. You can't allow the scoreboard to dictate the way you play. And you see a lot of times, you'll see a team that's really good and and really strong, and then all of a sudden they get into a tight game and they're kind of in a spot where they're not normally used to being in it. And then, you know, before you know it, there's a greasy puck in the net, and they're down. And then they're squeezing the hell out of the sticks. Everybody's trying to win the game single handedly. Before we know it, the game's over, and there's your upset. Yeah. So, what we, what we try to do is use these 20 games to put our kids, take them out of the comfort zone. And you know what? If we go up there and we get blasted, so be it. You know, we've been holding our own upstate, you yep. know, for the past 10, 12 years. Yes. We've, we actually have a, a you know, pretty good record against the teams upstate and I think it's helped us when we're down here. I mean, we won four sectional titles in a row. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those games were close. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that what we're doing is the right way to do it. Now there might be other coaches who say, well, they think differently and you know what? It's whatever works best for you. I'm not trying to say that my way is the right way. It just works for us.
0: Hey, listen, the proof is in the pudding again Four consecutive section titles. And, uh, finally that elusive state title uh, came your way in 2017. So, Coach, best of luck to you this weekend. Safe travels home, and uh, I will look forward to seeing you uh, back in uh, in the section over the next couple of weeks, and then certainly during the playoffs as well.
2: Thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate the uh, coverage. You're doing a great job for the kids in, in Section One. You really are.
0: I really appreciate that, Coach. Thanks so much. Take care.
2: Uh, stay well. Happy New Year, you and your family.
0: Right. Happy New Year to you and yours as well. Take care. Bye bye now. Yep. Bye bye. You're listening to the HV Pucks podcast, and we'll be right back after this. One of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. This week, as part of my Where Are They Now segment, I sat down with Russ Mazzaro. Uh, He was a standout player for the 2017 New York State D2 champion Pelham Pelicans, and he is now playing club hockey at Fairfield University. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major. And this is a a part of my new Where Are They Now series. I'm pleased to be joined by Russell Mazzaro. He was a standout for the Pelham Pelicans, part of that 2017 New York State Division II championship team. He has now taken uh, his game to Fairfield University along with his brother. So I really do appreciate you uh, taking the time out over the holidays, Russ to come on. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, Trev. Oh, My pleasure. So can you talk to us a little bit about your journey from Pelham to uh, Fairfield?
1: Um, well, it's definitely a big adjustment um, from Pelham to any college for sure. But um, I think that uh, Fairfield is the right fit for me. And um, I think playing hockey there has really eased the transition to college.
0: You know, I was chatting with, I want to say I was chatting with Jackson Schultz earlier today, and he said that you guys played, you played together at at Travel, I want to say, at one point. So he was, uh, he was real happy to hear that you uh, landed at Fairfield. So he sends his regards. Oh, yeah. Great kid. Uh, I hope he's doing well at Cornell, too. Yeah, he is. He said the 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 club team at Cornell is off to a great start. So uh, it sounds like, you know, he you landed in the right spot. He landed in the right spot, too. And as a counselor, for me, I love seeing you guys play for your school, for your community, but I'm also interested in what happens next, which is why, you know, I, I like to do this segment. So thank you again for coming on. Um, you touched on it a little bit in your first answer, but can you just elaborate a little bit on the biggest difference between playing, let's say, for the Pelicans and now playing for the – with the Stags,
1: well, definitely uh, it's a different group of kids, so um, different skill sets, different, yeah, team chemistry, stuff like that, which we definitely worked on throughout the first uh, few games of the season, and we got a rhythm going for sure. But um, honestly, the biggest difference I'd say is at this level of hockey, the pace of the game is a lot quicker. You know, twenty-minute periods, it's a little tougher condition-wise and stuff like that. But uh, the players are definitely bigger, a lot more hitting, I'd say. Um, and it's basically like exactly what a freshman in high school would kind of picture like high school hockey would be like a freshman in college picture in college hockey. So the players are bigger, faster, more skilled, and you just got to adjust to the game.
0: Actually, you know, you brought up a good point. I had Sean Gordon on earlier as well, and he mentioned the 20 minute periods, and I didn't even think about that. You know, watching all the high school games, working as a PA, public address announcer, off ice official, it didn't even dawn on me. You know, the 20 minute periods, and I watched a bunch of high school game, uh, college games, excuse me, before the high school season started. So that is a big adjustment. New York State is moving towards 17 minute periods and two minute penalties in the 18-19 season. So I'll have to definitely keep an eye on that. Hey, what are your thoughts on the season so far for Fairfield?
1: Um, well, as it stands right now, our record's thirteen and two, so wow. we've been doing pretty well. Wow! Uh, we're ranked second in the Atlantic Conference nice. and uh, ranked ninth in the nation right now. Woo! So we're doing pretty well. Um, we've lost two games, um, two out of three, to Farmingdale, uh, who's from Long Island. They're actually ranked the number one team in the country right now. Wow! So, we definitely gotta get some revenge in the second semester against
0: them. Hey Russ, do me a favor. When you make it big, don't forget the little people, okay? All hey, right. Yeah. Thirteen and two team and ninth and I mean, but that's that's something else, man. I'm thrilled to, I'm thrilled yeah, to hear this. Good. Thrilled to hear this. Um what's the what's one of the things you miss most about playing high school hockey? It sounds like you're having a blast at the college level, but what's something you miss from playing at the high school level?
1: I just feel like um, the overall atmosphere of a high school, like high school game, is so much different than a college game. I just felt like it was so much more electric, and um, you know we don't have hockey experts like you and the <laughs> rock and the Ranger onesie at games recording them. So.
0: I love it. Yeah, listen, you know, this is definitely a passion of mine, and I have to say, and I I hope I told you when I ran into you at at the Hutch for the banner raising, but the highlight of my season last year had to be following your team up to Buffalo, being on the ice when you got your awards and your medals. When Ed Witz came out of the locker room, was like, "I want my guy to come in." I got in there. I watched you dump water on Witzie. You shorted out the speaker in your locker room. You guys were singing. Like to me, that was the highlight of my season. You know, I, I'd do it all over again if just to do, just to experience that. Uh, so that that's awesome. Hey, we we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, if you could just give me a sense as to the state of hockey in Section One, you know. When you played, in other words, you know, what are your thoughts on on just you know, Section One hockey in general, as far as the the talent level, the skill level, you know, could you give me your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, when I played, I felt like there were like a lot of like powerhouses. You know, yeah, Palom, you had Meredith, you had but honestly, now I feel like the field's being pretty leveled out between all schools. Like North Rockland's getting back up there. Um, suffering Stick and Tall, um, Barm Hills, John Jr. getting up there in Division Two, but um, yeah, I think the Section One's becoming more leveled out, and uh, the powerhouses are kind of uh, disintegrating. So I mean, I think we'll in the near future we'll have a, a more competitive Section One.
0: Yeah, I I would agree that I think sec- the Section is wide open. I think it's a combination of maybe guys focusing more on travel, more on prep, you know, just or other programs developing. But uh, it certainly should be an interesting second half of the season, and the playoffs should, playoff should be amazing. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, could you just give us a, a, a sense as to a day in the life? You know, I know you're on vacation now from school, but a typical day in the life for you up at uh, Fairfield?
1: Um, honestly, well, all, all my friends make fun of me for going to the gym too much, so I'm going to have to throw that in there. But it all starts off with waking up, uh, getting a nice little meal before class in the morning, um, you probably have class, some days I have class from 9 to 6, but then other days I have class from, just one class from 9 to 10, and then I'll probably, I'll hit the gym, get a little exercise in, um, finish up my homework throughout the day, you know, study for some tests, some quizzes, get some projects done, and then, um, I play hockey at night, we, we have practice slots from, um, on Monday and Wednesday nights, kind of stinks there at 10 o'clock at night, 10 to 11 30, but. You got to work with what you got. Right. And then, um, we have games on the weekends. So, keeps me busy and, uh, keeps us ready to go.
0: Yeah, keeps you busy, keeps you ready to go, keeps you out of trouble. You know what I mean? But, uh... (laughs) Hey, exactly. is there something that you can only get either on campus at Fairfield? Because I have a buddy that lives around the corner from the university. I mentioned that to you. Um, is there something you can only get either on campus or in Connecticut that you cannot find back home right now? That you've discovered, like whether it's a deli, whether it's a food item. Is there something that's that's you know you've uh, you've gotten into up there?
1: There's two things that I actually wanted to point out there. Um, there's one restaurant in town called Archie Moore's. That oh might have yeah. Been- wings i've ever had and now
0: now correct me if i'm wrong russ was i the one that told you about those wings when i saw you, you didn't
1: that tell motorcycle? me and i tried
0: them right when i got back up nice okay good listen so i'm good for something all right hey, you know on. doing the podcast yeah. and telling kids about wing spots all right so Archie moores definitely stick taps out to Archie moores i think you mentioned there might be one other place too and uh the
1: beach, the fairfield beach is also a hot spot it's nice. just like when the sun's shining, it's got a beautiful view. Everyone's out there having a good time, and uh, everyone loves it.
0: This guy's living the dream here. He's on a he's on a top team. He's getting his work done. He's hitting the gym. He's eating some wings. Going to the beach. I mean, geez, this is not a bad not a bad gig you got here right now. All That's right. it. Everything's yeah.
1: wor- everything's rolling for me right now. I can't complain.
0: <laughs> We've got four more questions, and I'll let you go. Um, What's the best piece of advice you received regarding playing hockey post high school?
1: Um, definitely. Uh, I was definitely told by a lot of people to stay on the ice and uh, keep playing and I was, I really like I thought, Hey, I just wanna stay championship, might as well just leave the game, go out on top like that. But my parents kinda convinced me to try and like playing trying after the team, play in college. And uh, actually the turning point I think was um Current um, varsity hockey player on Palm, Cam Kleinberger, his, I saw his father at the gym right before I left for school. And uh, he said to me, why not give it a try? You know, you really have nothing to lose. And I was like, all right, all right, why not? Why not? Why not give it a shot? So I went out there, gave it a shot, and hey, that shot went a long way.
0: No, I think it's great. I mean, imagine, it sounds like you're having a tremendous experience. You're You're living the college dream imagine what that would be like without the hockey. You know what I'm saying? So it's a good thing that you actually listened and you gave it a shot and, you, and you're enjoying the ride. That's what it's all about, man. So I, I love it. I love it. Hey, so for the players who are listening, you kind of touched on it in your last answer, but for the players who are listening, what can you tell them about life after high school in terms of playing hockey is concerned?
1: Honestly, enjoy it. Like high school hockey, it was a highlight of my high school career um playing with the your friends your boys your teammates that you grew up with playing hockey with there's literally nothing like it like don't take any moment for granted and uh just give it your all on your final stage together Yeah.
0: Okay. okay great advice two more questions i think i know the answer to one of them but i'm gonna ask him anyway favorite professional hockey player past or present
1: i'm gonna have to go with ryan mcdonough
0: okay all right go with the mac truck nothing wrong with that you heard about chris Kreider, right
1: I did not. I saw okay. your post on Twitter. I didn't really. Yeah, know Chris Kreider.
0: He was complaining about swelling in his arm before the game last night. I guess he got into a scrum, came off, didn't feel right. The swelling continued. They sent him to uh, the doctor for evaluation. He has a spontaneous blood clot in his upper right arm. He is out indefinitely. All signs point to at least six to eight weeks. At least six to eight weeks. So, yeah, so they called up uh Vinny Latari from uh from Hartford today. So, you know, certainly at the end of the day, it's about, you know, it's about people's health. It's a it's, you know, this is a game that we play. So, Kreider's health is most important. So, hopefully 2018 sees him back on the ice uh, you know, healthy and uh, quick recovery and everything and he helps the Rangers you know, get over that hump, that elusive playoff hump. So I'm going to infer, because I don't like to say, assume, Russ, that your favorite professional team is the Rangers if your favorite professional player is Ryan McDonough. Am I correct in that assumption? You are correct. I love it. All right. Russ, listen, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me. That's uh, Russ Mazzaro. Again, standout player. I enjoyed watching him do his thing on the ice for the Pelham Pelicans. Uh, I loved being up there in Buffalo when you guys won it all. And now he's doing his thing at Fairfield University. Uh, This is your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major. Again, happy holidays, Russ. Happy New Year. My best to your brother and your family, and thanks again for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, My pleasure. All right. As the ninth episode for Season 2 comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. Stick Taps out to Adam Page, one of the hockey coaches for the St. Mary's Varsity Hockey Team. on being named to the U.S. Paralympic Sled Hockey Team. This will be Adam's third time, and I want to congratulate him and wish him and his fellow Olympians all the luck in bringing home the gold medal. Stick taps out to the E.O. Smith-Tolland Bucks hockey team, who have made a pledge this year to support the Jacob Roger Poulin Foundation through the Score for Jacob campaign. Fans can pledge a dollar amount for every Bucks goal scored this season, which will directly benefit the foundation and its many charitable uh, endeavors, including building a park in Jacob's memory. For more information, you can visit www.jrpf.org or follow at BucksNation one on Twitter. Stick taps out to the Housatonic varsity hockey team for honoring the late Eric Riding Sward at their alumni game on Saturday, December 30th. Eric was a huge supporter of the program, and his larger-than-life personality and presence at the rink will certainly be missed. Stick taps out to the Freehold Township varsity hockey team for giving back to their community by bagging groceries and collecting donations at their local supermarket on Sunday, December 31st. Stick taps out to the West Genesee Boys ice hockey coach, Frank Kolobufo, as he earned the 400th win of his career in In a 12-1 victory over Fulton on Wednesday, January 3rd, the 1984 Wildcats graduate is Section 3's all-time leader in wins and is in his 24th year as bench boss for the Wildcats. Stick taps out to the Wall Varsity Ice Hockey team after recording a 12-0 victory over Central Regional on Tuesday, January 2nd. Ryan Burns had three goals and three assists. Zach Tarantino had two goals and three assists while Larry Hooper also had two goals and three assists. Both Tarantino and Burns are at the top of the conference in points at the time of this recording. Stick taps out to the St. John Vianney High School Hockey Team and the Christian Brothers Academy for playing in a military appreciation game at the Navesink Country Club on Wednesday, January 3rd. CBA collected donations for the Lieutenant Dennis W. Zielinski Memorial Fund and St. John Vianney's proceeds uh, benefited the Paws for Vets program. I was there. It was a phenomenal event. Um, I'm so glad I could be a part of that. Stick taps out to Chris Dumas. Of Hockey Clan for just uh, taking good care of me and for my co pilot, Kevin Piacente. Uh, again, we had a great time. Uh, two tremendous teams, skilled, talented, hard hitting, a lot of history between the two, very picturesque setting. I mean, there's not enough good things I can say about that game and about that uh, that night. Stick Taps out to the Byram Hills varsity hockey team uh, for hosting their sixth annual Pink the Rink game. Unfortunately, the game was postponed due to weather. Um, It will be rescheduled soon. I'm actually going to serve as the guest in-house DJ and public address announcer for that game. Um, So once the game has been rescheduled, we'll get that information out to you via Twitter and via the podcast. All proceeds from the Pink the Rink game will benefit the breast cancer division of the American Cancer Society. Stick taps out to the Hamden Girls ice hockey team who uh, challenged the boys uh, to a uh, Beauty and the Beast charity hockey game. Um, I believe that game uh, was held on Friday, January 5th, although I'm not sure now if it was snowed out. Uh, But they're still getting the stick taps anyway. Um, The event featured skills competition, relay races, uh, shootout, and a t-shirt toss. More importantly, the proceeds will benefit Don's Hat Rack at Yale New Haven Children's Hospital. So whether the event happened uh, or it's been rescheduled, definitely stick taps out to those teams. Stick taps out to the Varsity uh, Suffern Varsity Hockey Team for organizing a canned food drive for the local chapter of Meals on Wheels prior to their game uh, versus Rye on Friday, January 5th. Stick taps out to the Penfield Varsity Hockey Team for hosting their 19th annual Faculty Hockey Challenge on Friday, January 5th. Uh, versus Webster at the Webster Ice Arena. Again, I'm not sure if this event was canceled or not due to the snow, but again, I'm sure they're going to have it in the future, and it's great that they're doing this uh, on its 19th, uh, they're going on their 19th year. Um, Tickets are $6, and all proceeds will benefit the Rochester Ice Cats and Gliding Stars of Rochester. So again, stick taps out to those teams. Stick taps out to the Thomas Titans hockey team for hosting the Robert J. Smith High School Hockey Showcase on Saturday, January 6th at the Webster Ice Arena. Puck drop was set for 5 p.m. for Penfield versus Brighton and at 7 p.m. for Thomas versus Schroeder. One admission price gave fans in attendance access to both games and proceeds benefited the American Cancer Society and the webster thomas Hockey Boosters. Stick taps out to the boys Suffield, Granby, and Windsor Locks Wildcats hockey team for hosting their second annual Alumni Jamboree to benefit Charlie's crease on Saturday, January 6th at the Enfield Twin Rinks. Puck drop was set for 6.10 p.m. Uh, Stick taps out to the Rye Town, Harrison, and White Plains varsity hockey teams as they're set to host their second annual Mayor's Cup game at the Ebersol Ice Rink on Saturday, January 13th. There's a modified game at 5, a sled hockey game at 6.30 featuring the New York Rangers sled team and the Connecticut Wolfpack sled team, followed by uh, the varsity game at 8.30. There'll be a 50-50 raffle, chuck-a-puck, and a silent auction, all proceeds to benefit the Wheelchair Sports Foundation. I'll be there. I had a great time at the first mayor's cup last year and i hope everybody can make it out to eversol stick taps out to the weathersfield middletown rocky hill plainville hockey team uh, or the wmrp hockey team for hosting a military appreciation game on saturday january 13th versus newington co-op puck drop is set for 7 p.m at the newington arena all proceeds will benefit the wounded warriors project Stick taps out to the Marist College Red Foxes for hosting their first annual Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony on Saturday, January 20th. The alumni game is set for 10.30 a.m. at the McCann Ice Arena, followed by lunch and the Hall of Fame induction. And the afternoon ends with a game between Marist and Wagner College at 4.15 back at McCann. Stick Taps out to both the Carmel Rams and Mayapac Indians varsity hockey teams for hosting a Carmel Hockey Fights cancer game on Friday, January 26th at the Brewster Ice Arena. There'll be a bake sale, chuck a puck, and a 50-50 raffle, plus much more. Puck Drop is set for 9 p.m. with all proceeds going to benefit Community Cares, a local organization aiding families with children whose parents are undergoing a major medical illness, such as cancer. There is an assist benefit game scheduled for Saturday, February 10th at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie. Puck drops at uh, 3.30 p.m. For more information or to purchase tickets or to donate, please visit www.benefitgames.com backslash mhcc backslash. Um, I also want to mention that the Monroe Woodbury varsity hockey team is hosting a flapjack fundraiser on Saturday, uh, January 13th from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. at the Applebee's and the Woodbury Commons Premium Outlets um, Complex. Uh, so come out and support uh, your local puck squad. You get uh, all-you-can-eat pancakes and bacon, juice, and coffee are included for the low price of, I want to say, 7 or 8 bucks, It's a great way to come out and support your local, again, hockey uh, program. And I also just want to give a huge shout-out to everybody involved with the uh, high school um, girls varsity kickoff event last night at Brewster. I believe 120 girls came out. Uh, they had two sessions. Eric Nate's hockey was there. The Rangers were there. Members of the Connecticut Whale were there. I know that this is the first of many events to come. So, again, huge stick tap shout out to uh, everybody who was involved with that. Uh, And if you know of a player, coach, team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks. This is your boy Trav, and you're listening to the HV Pucks podcast. I'll be right back with some of my final thoughts after this. This is Andrew Shulzhenko, and
2: you're listening to the HV Pucks podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show.
0: As the horn sounds on the ninth episode for season two, I want to let you know some of the topics for this season's future podcasts. Uh, someone wants to know which team has the best locker room. Someone else wants to know which team has the best merch. Um, I still want to sit down with Stefan Vallis and Mike Schoenbach and do a history of uh, Hudson Valley hockey. Um, I recently spoke to Mike Benelli. He's doing a lot of really great cutting-edge things in terms of exposing kids to the sport of hockey at the grassroots level. Uh, So that interview will be released soon. I learned uh, over the holiday break that there's a very devoted group of hockey players who have been playing together on Tuesday nights for about 44 years now. The game is referred to as Hockey Night in Katona. So stay tuned for player interviews on a future episode. Someone wants to know if being a multi-sport athlete helps hockey players or if they should just specialize in the one sport. Um, Stick Taps, again, out to the Hudson Valley Girls High School Ice Hockey uh, Association. They had a huge kickoff event uh, last night. Uh, If you want to learn more about that, you can follow them on Twitter at HVGHSIH. That's, again, at HVGHSIH. They really, um, knocked it out of the park with the logo. As far as I was concerned, tremendous turnout, uh, and they're going to have future events coming up. Um, so, uh, and also again, being a female hockey player in general, I'm finishing up that series of interviews. They will be released towards the end of the month. Um, and I appreciate your patience as I, as I put that together. Um, and if there's t- other topics that you'd like me to address on the show, please tweet me at Trav Jack 71 as I do this podcast for you each and every week. Um, I'm also going to have um, a From the Trainer's Room segment. I recently spoke to two individuals uh, that focus on athlete health, safety, uh, and fitness. Uh, so look for those in future podcasts. I also have a Where Are They Now segment. Uh, so far, Tommy Spiro has been on. I've had Jackson Schultz on, Russ Mazzaro, uh, Sean Benson, uh, Anthony Carudo. Sean Gordon, and I have a few more uh, Hudson Valley Hockey alumni coming on. Uh, if you're interested in coming on, please tweet me at TravJack71. You can also DM me. Uh, you can email me. You can uh, you can text me. Um, and uh, before I sign off, I want to thank my beautiful wife Marisol and my two daughters, Juliana and Kayla, for their never-ending support, their love, their patience, and their understanding because our family time takes a big hit as uh, I work on – giving you the best show each and every week. Um, You can find me on Twitter at TravJack71, on Instagram at 5 underscore Min underscore Major, and on Snapchat at 5 underscore Min Major. If you like the music you've heard throughout the show, please check out the EP Broken Broken Walls by Fracture which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore Band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.FractureOfficial.com on the web. Uh, this is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, uh, wishing everybody a happy anniversary. This is the one-year anniversary of the HV Pucks podcast. I can't thank you enough for your uh, continued support. I fully expect the second half of the high school hockey season to be uh, exciting, and uh, I hope to see you at the rink.